everybody and welcome to the EC Method. I am one of your coaches, Chloe Maidley. And I am your other coach, Emma Story Gordon. Our goal at the EC Method is to encourage, educate and empower you to get the results that you've always wanted. Listen to our weekly podcasts, go to our website, theecmethod.co.uk or simply follow us on Instagram to get more information. Savage. What? What's your one? Which post do you make? Oh, oh no, I mean, mean the post um, in the group. Post? Go find it. Hang on. Hi everyone. <laughs> We're live. <laughs> Chloe got a new tattoo. Yep, it's really impeding my ability to move, but it's fine. <laughs> uh, let me find the post. Do you want to do the post first or the questions first? The post. The post. Okay. It's brilliant. It made me a bit emotional today. Oh my god, so emotional. I was on the stair master and I was like, oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Charlie Baines. Long post alert. Normally when we see that, we're like, "Uh oh. (laughs) But this is a good one. Do you know what I really enjoy when someone's like, long post alert, and then it's not a long post? Oh no, me too. I'm I'm like, like, oh, "Oh, great. False alarm, guys. You're like, you're like, yes, I just got 10 minutes of my life back. <laughs> but we do like the, yeah. the alert. We do like the alert. This is how my friends feel when I send them five-minute voice notes. They're like, oh. <laughs> yeah, but they're just... okay now because you can just double speed them. Yeah, that's true. But have you seen James Smith's WhatsApp thing? He's like, don't send me a voice note. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, okay. Long post I need to say a massive thank you to Chloe, Emma, and the whole EC community for your support and everything you've done for me. Seven weeks ago, I very apprehensively signed up to this program, worrying it might be too soon after the birth of my baby, too much for my body to cope with, or something else just to fail at. Thanks to your thanks to you all, this has been the opposite to the reality of the EC method, and for that I will be continually grateful. At the time, I was nine weeks postpartum after a C-section, and I hated my body. Don't get me wrong, growing another human is an amazing thing, but I couldn't value or respect it for what it had done or continued to do while breastfeeding our not-so-little baby girl. I was sad about how my body looked, frustrated that I didn't respect or value its achievements. And getting my head around the change had me in a daily spiral of self-sabotage, eating shit and living entirely in the fuck it bucket. There are limited photos of me and my baby from those early days and weeks as I deleted them all because I was so disgusted with the way I looked, which makes me so sad and is something that I will never forgive myself for. Just under seven weeks in and I feel like an entire with a whole different outlook life my body diet and lifestyle I'm angry at the version of me who deleted those photos but I will live and I will learn throughout this program I have lost interest from everywhere chopped my hair off and created a style for me that is happy and sustainable with a little one rather than beating myself up for looking like I've been dragged through a hedge backwards me on a daily (laughs) working out four times a week hitting my steps only exceeded my calories once brackets it was my birthday and it was only 10% on one day so my weekly average was on point continued to breastfeed my baby so much so that she is growing too fast and is excelling in all areas accepted my changed shape of a post-baby body fitted into my pre-baby jeans hit my three-month weight target in just seven weeks by losing 7.5 kg i know scale weight is not a primary focus for this program but for me it was the first marker that i needed to hit to feel like the old me again the ironic thing is i don't feel like the old me at all i feel so much happier more optimistic and i'm now setting targets for my lifestyle to last me forever and give my baby girl and my whole family the very best of me I felt so guilty eight weeks ago for feeling so unhappy when we had the greatest gift that we'd waited so long for. And the guilt of that not being enough was sending me spiraling. This program has brought me back down to earth with a bit of a bang and made me realize that my happiness has to come from within and that no individual person, goal or the way I look on its own will make me happy. I can honestly say that the EC method has changed my outlook on everything. I'm so excited to progress and set new goals to improve my life even further, change my body and instill happiness and lifestyle choices 
for myself and for my family. Some <laughs> of the best posts ever. That is literally the best post ever. This is why we do what we do. And this is why we invest so much in this program. And we're actually here to coach you all because this make this gives us like joy of life. This is that's one of the best posts I've ever read on the EC method for so many reasons. The emotional depth, the wisdom, the intelligence, the the progress that's been made there, and just the joy coming through. I mean, I could could not be happier. I didn't even have anything to say. I just, just thought it was so good. I was like, you need to read this out. It's just so, so good. And obviously I would have butchered it because I can't read very well. <laughs> she's replied to one of oh, well, she's Charlie, I'll get back to your reply after we've done the live. But thank you for sharing. Like as much as you, this is so cheesy and cliche and I apologize to everybody. But as much as you're saying thank you to us, thank you for sharing that because it's life affirming. And if there's one gift you can give another human being, it's affirmation that they're doing a, a good thing. And so you've given that to Emma and I, and that's incredible. And you've also given it to the rest of the group. So everybody listening who's had any kind of interaction with Charlie or put anything in the group that could help, you're doing a fucking fantastic yeah, job as the, well. It's creating that community, even if it is just like a little like here and there or a meme or something that's yeah. supporting each other. That's a huge element of it. And there's no way she could have done that with just coaching. It's the community as well that's so, so important. And if anyone's listening and is in a similar position that's like, oh, I don't know if I should join. And like, I think that's really useful to people to be like, okay, well, this is a simple, I'm sure there's parts of that that people can resonate with and be like, that's where I am. And that's where I hopefully want to be. Can I just also, another one's popped up from Kanchan who said, it's a photo of her looking banging in a in like the most beautiful dress. I'm so happy you decided to wear it, babe. And she said, um, I was planning on wearing the dress below, but then thought, no. But after the two days, I'm thinking, sod it, life is far too short and I'm going to dress ho-ish. Welcome to my world. She looks banging in that. Banging. And that's not ho-ish compared to what I dress up in on the weekend. Yeah, I know. It's a, it's a really nice dress, actually. We're going to watch Magic Mike as much as I cringe at that sort of thing. I'm low-key excited about seeing hot men dance. <laughs> Mate, Magic Mike, don't. I left the cinema like, so basically when am I next going to have sex? Because I'm on a very short timeline, <laughs> effective immediately. <laughs> um, I love that post, Tanchan. Again, I'll reply to that as well because I haven't replied to that yet either. Okay, right. Should we get to the questions? Yes. Do we have anything on the live real quick? um no nothing like no questions just okay. someone saying this is so lovely i'm getting a bit emotional so was it i was. had to distract myself it was emotional um okay sorry i'm just trying to find it i just feel like i scroll past it it's pinned, it's pinned. i know <laughs> Sanasa. okay rachel Hi, boss bitches. Firstly, I'm loving the name origin info. Full lols in the gym this morning. Question one. For some reason, I much prefer dumbbell chest press than barbell. Any difference? Um, no, I'm I, I'm happy for you to do dumbbell chest press over bar. It doesn't make too, too much of a difference. Um, I've actually switched loads of my lower body from bar to dumbbells because I just find I feel that stimulus more. Emma? Uh, yeah, I think I prefer chest press with the the dumbbells as well. Just gives you a little bit more feel, but it doesn't make a huge amount of difference. You can normally load a barbell slightly heavier because there's less instability there or there's more stability is maybe a better way to say it. So you can probably bench press more than you can chest press with dumbbells. So potentially there's a benefit to loading. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> what? No, it's just <laughs> carry on. Yeah, well, that's it. <laughs> that's all my points. This guy in my gym yesterday, really hot guy, looks like a. He looks like more of like a. I don't know, like a fitness model than like a bodybuilder or a strength athlete. Like he's like a physique shape is incredible, and he was leg pressing nine hundred kgs, and I was like, "How are you doing that?" I couldn't even get. Was my he head like five foot? It. I mean, he was, I reckon maybe 5'11". Hmm. 
Impressive. Yeah. Proper fit. I'll tell you that for free. <laughs> Question two. Lateral raises. Does it matter if my arms aren't fully straight? So this is really subjective. I've had clients who... Uh, and I've tried it all every which way, who um, definitely feel that burn in their delts more the straighter their arms are. And I've had clients who actually need more of a bend in the elbow and it comes up almost like more diagonally to the opposite hip. Um, it really is so subjective and it's all about your biomechanics. It's where you feel that burn and when you where you feel that build up. Emma, what are your thoughts on that? I wouldn't have them totally straight as in locked out. I wouldn't have oh, no. them locked out. But you, yeah... I would play with it and see where you feel the most in your arms, but or in your delts, which is what you want to be working. But I always think like a good cue is kind of like to lead with your elbow. So you think about having an almost straight arm and then push your elbow up. Yeah. And what you don't want to be having, which we see quite a lot, is your hand. You can't really see in the, like that. You don't want like that. Oh, you oh. want like that. Do you see that a lot? I don't think I ever see anyone yeah, like doing. Yeah, people's hands come up like above their elbow. Oh no, bad form. Bad form, Peter. No, 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 no. None of that on the EC method. Okay, question three, a longer one. There's a PT at my gym who insists on coming around for a chat mid-workout. Ugh. <sighs> How do I politely say go away without being a total bitch? I've had sessions with him before, but I've got so much more from the EC method sessions. I'm just not interested in having him anymore. He's tried to give it the hard sell. I told him thanks, but no thanks. I'm really happy doing my own thing. The rest of the time, he just chit chats about mundane things. I've tried saying, well, must get on now. Time here is limited. And he just lurks around, continues talking while I'm trying to work out. Any advice before I lose my shit and tell him to pop off? Yeah, he's just trying to get more business out of you, which, you know, fair play to him. You know, can't knock the hustle. I would say listen I have coaches now I'm really happy with what's going on and I actually I have to leave the gym in and give them the time by which you choose you have to leave the gym leave the gym by and I've got quite a lot to get on so I really can't talk and hopefully he'll get the picture and he won't bother you again just be like leave me alone I have a boyfriend (laughs) stop talking to me um yeah I do find it really funny when people can't like take social cues when you're like oh yeah hi but like I've still got my headphones in I'm just I like, don't take them out. You kind of just like wave and then like like walk off. But no, some people don't get that. I walked right into the road the other day trying to walk away from someone. <laughs> still like, no, nope. still thought that like this conversation was still going on. Yeah, I don't know. It is, yeah, it's... Be savage. Just be savage. It's your time. It's your energy. Like whatever. It, I did this today. Like I, I, there was someone I knew in the gym and she waved at me and I was on a really tight, you know, I've got... A, fucking back-to-back full-on day today I had no time to talk so I just like smiled pointed at my headphones and walked away done like I don't have time for people who are like chatting in the gym like if you're single and you're flirting that's one thing but not like so how are you how's the dog yeah not old pts that you don't want to train with like yeah I would I would just say that just be like oh I've not got much time nice to see you hope you have a nice day goodbye it's just I don't need your help anymore I've just qualified as a pt done okay so who i did uh, so i don't know if this is in fact a couple of my mates are german right and i love them for this but sometimes like you'll be having a conversation and like literally in the middle of it they'll be like okay bye oh yeah (laughs) like it's just so abrupt so to the point like okay well i'm done with this conversation bye got to go bye in the middle of it (laughs) whereas most like most british people like okay well you know it's been lovely talking to you i'll uh, I'll I'll have to go now and it just takes ages and you never end up leaving whereas I would just prefer like okay bye 100% I go on, on nights out as well when I'm done I'm done I'm like I, I just leave oh I text just leave as well and then I text work. when I get home yeah. like oh by the way I left yeah bye <laughs> um okay Ollie morning legends no question today but I just thought I would mention that I've been thinking over the past few days how much you and the program have really helped me during the various lockdowns. And if I'm being honest, stop me going insane. Without you guys, I could easily have sat in my room all day, not working out and constantly eating rubbish. But instead, I signed up for multiple other rounds, got involved in the Facebook community and asked you both questions when I needed. And I watched all the lives while well, mostly watched live or would catch up later in the day, which broke up the monotony of lockdown. And it really helped pull me through a dark time. 
I hope you know how much you guys have both helped me. Love you guys. Oh, Oh, Ollie. Ollie. Same. Emma and I, Emma's coming on the podcast next week. And we talked about this. And I said the same thing. The EC method and, like, you guys, Ollie, including you, Emma, and, like, any of you who've been, you know, here throughout that really hard time for all of us, like, really got me through. So much so, like, and... This is, a, this is a good thing in a way. I didn't realize how hard I was finding it until it was over. And that's because of you guys. So, okay, I started to deal with it like after, but at that point I was getting happier again. It kind of just completely distracted me and took me into a fold when I needed it most. So I'm really grateful to you guys as well. Yeah, likewise. I was actually thinking about this the other day because it's been like a year since my back surgery or almost yeah. almost a year. Nice. And I, I actually remember being like really happy, like going through all of that because like I had so much to focus on and the EC method was going really well and it was like an exciting time. And yeah. although there was like obviously shit going on as well and like all through lockdown and things, but it was such a positive thing to focus on. Yeah. It made such a difference. I love that. It really, it really has. And we actually talk about, we talk about mental health a lot in the podcast episode that we do, which is out on Wednesday. So yeah, everyone listen to that if you're interested in in that side of things. Um, Kiara, haven't heard from you in a minute, Kiara. Ciao, ladies. So I've got a question about something that has been obsessing me for some days. Doesn't matter. Let's move on. I, I read an article in a running magazine about interval training. After explaining the advantages, it compared interval training with long runs, stating, while moderate intensity exercise, longer, easier runs, do burn fat and calories during the performance, it has been shown that after it ceases, there are metabolic changes that might make fat loss difficult and favor fat accumulation. While that does not mean that low to moderate intensity exercise will make people gain fat, it does suggest that the metabolic adaptation to this form of exercise might, at least partially, compensate for the fat burned during the exercise according to this brazilian doctor quoted in the article basically my long runs that burn around five to six hundred calories are actually counterproductive i don't run to lose fat because i enjoy it but being in a fat loss phase now they're a bit they are basically telling me that this is going to go against my goal which doesn't make much sense to me Do you know what these metabolic adaptations are and why all of a sudden cardiovascular activities are so demonized? Thank you and sorry for the long post. So this is interesting. Um, (laughs) Re-cardio and modalities of cardio and adaptation specifically, it's more that you're through, through basically muscle memory, and fitness, your body will, to some very slight degree, start to adapt to the exercise simply because it starts because of muscle memory. It starts to have a very mechanical understanding of what it has to execute, and you become more efficient. And when you become more efficient, you don't have to work as hard. So you sometimes you will burn incrementally less calories with the same modality of cardio. The better and better you get at it. Also, the more and more fit you get. So you have to then start pushing yourself in terms of your expenditure, so your intensity, or like your distance, for example, to keep burning those same amount of calories. That is the adaptation that I am aware of via performing specific modalities of cardio for long periods of time. The adaptation via fitness and the adaptation via your biomechanics, your muscle memory, your ability to execute the exercise, therefore expending less energy. Um, Now, it is fair to say that if you're talking about those kind of aerobic, steady state, moderate state cardio um, sessions, that your body is using as a fuel source uh, primarily body fat. However, it doesn't matter at the end of the day because at the end of the day, you have to be in a negative energy balance. Um, in order to really see the benefit of your energy expenditure start to take shape. Um, So it doesn't matter if you're burning more body fat and then you go into a surplus, you're going to gain more body fat than you would if you were running and in your or not running and in a calorie deficit. So I don't really like talking to clients about the um, 
what energy source they're using via what modality of exercise, because unless they are a genuine competitive athlete, it's not relevant if they just want a bit of fat loss or even if they just want to get a bit fitter. Um, so those are my thoughts on adaptations to exercise. And I wouldn't, I'd say don't change a thing and carry on doing what we tell you to do. Emma, thoughts? Yeah, this is one of the myths that I absolutely hate. And it pisses me off that a doctor's been saying, you know, like put on a pedestal and been saying like, oh, running might be actually one of the things that's making it harder for you to lose weight. What fucking stupid thing to say. And how like unhelpful is that message? Oh, let's yeah. have people not exercise. Like, if you're someone who's overweight and it's like, oh, what should I be doing? Oh, this doctor said not to run. What a ridiculous thing to say. Like, even if it wasn't helping you lose weight, the benefits that you get from exercise are far more important than the energy expenditure that you're burning from exercise anyway. And really yeah. what they're talking about is, as Chloe's saying, this increased efficiency that you get when you become fitter. That's essentially what fitness is. So yeah. a good example of this is, is Paul Radcliffe, I always like to reference in the podcast, but a really cool study that I looked at when I was at uni is a case study of Paula Radcliffe, and it shows that her VO2 max doesn't change from when she was like 16 to when she broke the world record, at however old she was when she broke the world record. But what changed was her running speed at any given VO2. So her running speed at VO2 max was different. Now that's important because that's a, that's essentially efficiency. So yeah. she is now more efficient at running at that level of VO2 max, which is the amount of uh, energy that she can break down. So she's a more efficient runner. That is what fitness is. So yes, it's a side effect to doing more running will make you more efficient. That's a good thing. But it also probably means that you're going to run faster. So this is this would only really matter if you were like, I'm always going to run at X speed for X distance. But the likelihood is from when you first started running to now, if you're always doing a 30 minute run or if you're always doing a 5K, you're now going to run the 5K faster. Yeah. Or you're now going to run further for 30 minutes. So you're, you're still sort of like accounting for that increased efficiency by either exercising harder or by um, running for a longer distance. Um and then there's there's a slight impact and this is why people push hit training sometimes which is massively overstated of excess post uh oxygen consumption so basically when you're working over an intensity that you can produce energy solely via aerobic metabolism so one of the limitations to exercise in an aerobic zone is that the, ox the oxygen is required at your muscle to break down fat but you can also exercise or and carbohydrates but anyway you can also exercise anaerobically but there's byproducts to that and essentially what happens when you exercise anaerobically is you need to repay that oxygen debt after exercise and people call this the afterburn effect and then this is why people are like if you do hit training you'll burn more calories for the rest of the day and i think that was kind of what they were alluding to in terms of why low intensity exercise or lower intensity exercise which is predominantly aerobic isn't as good apparently for fat loss it honestly like you can lose weight i know people are like you can't outrun a bad diet you can like honestly if you take this to the extreme i mean look at paula radcliffe or any runner i don't know why i'm obsessed with her but like look at any runner at an elite level do you think i mean they they've clearly not had a problem with fat loss have they like they're very lean they've not become so efficient so this is what i think these you need to understand the magnitude of effect of these things it's mm -hmm. kind of the same problem as when people are like y you might be metabolically damaged like it, when you start reducing your calories you adapt to those lower calories unless you don't burn oh. as much energy like, no it the the problem and the reason that that's like a myth that doesn't die is because it happens to an extent a very small extent it's not the reason you're not losing weight on a thousand calories it might be the reason that you need to drop your calories by a hundred more than someone else because yeah. you've lost a hell of a lot of weight but that's the magnitude of effect there it's about 100 calories so you have to consider that with this as well like it's not like elite level runners have become so efficient that they don't burn any energy while they run like it's a ridiculous notion so yeah you yeah. like you, you cannot run a bad diet if you are doing a hell of a lot of cardio 
I mean, look at Michael Phelps and when they show his diet, like a ridiculous yep. amount. Yeah, because his energy expenditure is so high. He's not magically become so efficient that he doesn't need to consume that much energy. Yeah. I loved everything that Emma just said. <laughs> and the epoch effect as well, while it is 100% a thing, it's it's not that significant. In yeah, the I actually, um, I read a review on this. I've got it here, like the conclusion of this review. And why I found this quite funny is, I don't remember why, but I was reading up on Epoch last week and I wanted to find out the exact numbers, like what was the magnitude of effect here. Actually very, very hard to find out. Anyway, a lot of the crappy articles that were basically saying, HIIT training burns more more calories, that's why you should do it, look at this study. They were all referencing the same study. So I went and looked at the study and the study says the exact freaking opposite of what they were trying to say. Always happens, always. It's so funny. So the conclusion of this, this was like a meta-analysis review of a couple of studies. And it says, notwithstanding the aforementioned, that, oh, wait, actually that bit's a bit. Um, the, uh, there is no important role in epoch in weight loss because this is generally unfounded. This further reinforces is reinforced by acknowledging that the exercise stimulus required to promote prolonged epoch are likely to be untolerated by non-athletic individuals the role of exercise in maintenance of body mass is therefore predominantly mediated by the cumulative effects of energy expenditure during actual exercise i.e not epoch not afterburn and yeah like this is saying it's very unlikely that most untrained individuals would ever exercise to to that level anyway like i would include myself and chloe in that for untrained individuals like yeah i'll tell you right now for fucking free high intensity interval training the reality of what high intensity interval training is 99.9 percent of people who say that they do hit ain't doing there's like two ways in which you can do this form of exercise you can't do it on a treadmill at the gym you can't do it with burpees on your carpet it is absolutely like it is for professional athletes and professional athletes pretty much alone and also let's say that they did get themselves into the uh responsive epoch they it is it is not gonna we're not talking 500 extra calories a day here at all. And there's also an argument to be said that all exercise will have some kind of effect uh, on added calorie burn post exercise. So, you know, it's really not something that any of you, unless you are competing at the highest, highest level, ever need to worry about. Yeah. Someone's just asked. Um, um, oh, I've somehow managed to put it. Okay. Hold on. Uh, I got my PT to do the EC method leg workout yesterday. I think this is Ollie. She primarily primarily does HIIT style training. Uh, I think I have broken her as she can barely walk and didn't do as many sets as me. <laughs> Show off, Ollie. She couldn't believe I could do so many sets. Oh. She did say she loved it and is competitive. So she said that she'll join me on a weekly basis, which is great as I don't like training legs and will push me to do it more. That's awesome. Uh, someone else has said, go on, Paula. <laughs> when are we getting her on the podcast? <laughs> Chloe, um, I reckon you could pull that. You've had bloody never. Kelly Holmes. <laughs> what, you could definitely pull some strings and get Paula on. I wouldn't I be mean, able to come. <laughs> I probably could. I know quite a few runners. I reckon I could have slide somewhere into her sphere and be like, hello, Paula. <laughs> hey, Paula. <laughs> I, don't, I think I would just be too starstruck okay uh thank you that's exactly what i needed to hear i'm so glad i asked um okay yes perfect we're up to date perfect okay joe kitson hi emma and chloe i'd like to find out a bit more about the research on creatine and its impact on cognitive function my dad has alzheimer's and although his diagnosis was a few years ago i wonder whether it would benefit him to have creatine in his diet can you point me in the right direction of the research that you're familiar with i'm encouraged for myself that taking it has benefits beyond our muscular system same whatever i can do to protect myself from dementia i'm willing to try same thanks ever so big love so emma you studied this really recently didn't you or you looked into it recently yeah i was doing stuff at eiq i can't remember the studies off the top of my head um the best place to look are they at- on PubMed? yeah they're all on pubmed so if you put in creatine and dementia or creatine and alzheimer's or creatine and parkinson's what i am like vaguely remembering is and generally i think that 
it's actually better to take as a preventative measure. Like it's definitely not going to cure someone's neurological condition. It may benefit, but there was actually something, and this is why you should speak to your dad's specialist about this before ever implementing anything. But in certain conditions, and I can't remember if it was Alzheimer's or dementia or Parkinson's, but there can actually be a buildup of creatine and actually that there's an and it has nothing to do with supplementation but there's like a negative consequence there if you already have the disease so i would just check with your specialist or there might be it was kind of quite like unsure of things but the research is really looking more at prevention as opposed to once someone already is experiencing symptoms yeah i think that i've read one on pubmed and one on examine um but it's pretty readily available if you just start start doing your research. And you can always see as well in the whoever's written the the author of the article is always at the top. Now we know that there are there are a lot of very qualified people like that who Emma and I like don't know about that. <laughs> but it does help to see who's written it and what qualifications they have if you are looking outside of a PubMed or an examine. Yeah, um, I think just... if you're going into PubMed as well and you you're not you know up to date on reading scientific research like it it is not written in a friendly way to to read so what i would start with is like a review and there probably will be reviews on this in fact Mm -hmm. there are because i've read them so i would start with a review and it will give you like quite a nice overview of the current research in that area then if you do want to look at individual studies i would but you probably don't need to do that like i think a review for for the kind of information you're looking for is more than enough and then yeah, maybe. I mean, because things like you could take that to your dad's doctor and be like, have you looked at this? Like, do you think it would be useful for my dad to take? Um, but definitely for you in terms of prevention. Yes. And th- there's loads of benefits as well. And there's really no side of like negatives. So just start taking it. Yeah, I, I'll i look at some of the um, reviews that I subscribe to and I'll just see if there's anything in there that I can send your way. Um just tag me in a post and I'll do that for you. It won't take me long, so I'm happy to do it. Um, Emily Clark, hello, gorgeous girls. This is not a question, just a thank you. We did so many thank yous today. Um, I've relaxed into fat loss at last and I'm enjoying the process. Plus, I'm also accepting my shape for how it is, but looking forward to seeing it change as the months progress. It's taking me two rounds to stop stressing and overthinking. I won't be joining for a third, as I think it's all going to be okay now. But I will always be listening to your podcast. You've been super fabulous. Thanks for not giving up on me and all my silly questions and posts. I will I will miss you all. <laughs> Chloe hiccuped like three times during that and then yawned. Sorry, I don't know what's going on. Um, yeah, well, Joe, um, babe, we will miss you too. And and I think, you know, if you feel like you've had three rounds with us and you've got what, what you're going to get for now, that's great. But I would say that if at any point, which hopefully they will, your goals will change away from fat loss, we would love to have you back because that is probably the biggest hurdle. But I think people come into this like the biggest goal and the biggest challenge I'm going to face is how am I going to get down to 60 kg? And then they get there and they realize, no, the biggest goal and the biggest hurdle is how the fuck are they going to stay there and or stay there or thereabouts um, and continue this new lifestyle change while not constantly being in, quote unquote, a fat loss phase. That's where you need coaches the most. So if you if that happens for you, which I think it will, um, maybe just consider coming back for just one round for maintenance. Emma? Yeah, I'd, I would just echo that, that maintenance is the hard part, like fat loss. If you just take a step back and look at like most people's journey to this point, fat loss isn't particularly hard. You've probably all lost fat before, but have you been able to maintain that? That's the difference. That's what we're really passionate about. Like, can you come back in a year and be like, this was genuinely life-changing. It wasn't, I lost X amount in X weeks. It was, I lost this weight and I did it in a way that was sustainable for me. And I changed my mindset around things. So it wasn't just you know, I stuck to something mindlessly for eight weeks and cool, I could do that and I lost this weight. But then you go back to your quote unquote normal life and you put it back on. I actually made long-term changes. That's a successful diet. So maintenance Mm. is the hardest bit. The fat loss part is easy in comparison. Preach it. 
Uh, do we have anything on the live? We've only got two left here. Yes. I have a confession. I have been doing well and have dropped my workouts from around 13 hours a week to seven to eight. But today I have agreed to join in with pre-season football training for a vets football team and see if I have another season in me. Um, I've got a bad knee, so I hope it doesn't hamper me too much. Wish me luck. Good luck. And make sure that if you are, you know, adding in some more training that you're looking at your overall training volume, especially if you're, you know, you've already got some injuries, like you really need to balance these things and make sure that you're not overdoing things. Because yeah, going from 13 hours of training a week is a lot. <laughs> I hear the words pre-season and I'm just like, no thanks. Yeah, because of all the touch rugby pre-season you've been doing. Oh my god, lol. There were so many hot people at that touch rugby thing though. I was like, if I was young and single, I would be all over this. It's like uni. Yeah, I did notice that you were like, oh god, can people stop DMing me about so-and-so being single? Like, he's got yeah, a girl. There's this guy, there's this guy who was like, he plays for like Nottingham, he plays like the actual like Nottingham League team, and he, not rugby league, but as in like, he's like competitive in the league. <laughs> anyway, he was really good looking, but he was like, you know, seven. Um, and so I was like talking to him and, and then I got like, I shit you not, maybe 30 DMs about him. Like, is he single? I'm like, what, you're going to drive to Nottingham to meet some guy? <laughs> Come on. Wow. Hi, I saw you on Chloe's story. Just... <laughs> it's so funny. I get that all the time. Like every time I have a guy on the podcast, I get inundated with DMs. Like, is he single? Can I meet him? I'm like, I am. <laughs> What am I, Emma? Not you, Emma. Emma, it doesn't matter. Oh, what? <laughs> doesn't matter. Um, okay. I think sometimes people do it with, like, I get it quite a lot because I don't know if people just think there aren't that many gay people. Like, someone messaged me, yes, like, the other day who was just like, this is my friend. She's also gay. <laughs> oh, so I guess we should be together then. Yeah, I was like, oh, uh... Bye. I get that with people like in our industry. People are like, whatever, it doesn't matter. Like this person lift weight, lifts weights too. So therefore we have to be together. I'll tell you the worst one, right? So one of my friends is Henry Cavill is in like Superman, Superman. I swear to God, Emma, every day, every single day of my life, I get DMs from fucking psycho stalker women telling me like how much they are made for him and that they're meant to be married and I have to introduce them. And I'm like, you're a psycho. Like that is literally that you would never, like th this is just a reason not to introduce you. I keep getting ones for James Smith. I'm like, leave me alone. They're like, mm, could you introduce me to James Smith? I'm like, what do you, do you honestly think if I'm like, hey James, this girl DM'd me and said that, he'd be like, what a fucking weirdo, no. Yeah, but he told me that, like when he came on my podcast, we were ch chatting about it before we went on, he was like, hey, girls love him they love do him. don't they they really do <laughs> i just remembered something what <laughs> you know what i'm remembering <laughs> what my sex stream <laughs> tell everyone emma <laughs> i don't know if i want to say <laughs> well you just basically did <laughs> do you know what i used to always watch because he was in australia like before i'd go to bed it was like his story would be last i think i think this must obviously be why but i've had I think I had like a good like three or four sex streams about James. Yeah. Which was really um <laughs> just freaking strange. But yeah. I sex think about everyone all the time. I like my brain isn't over Kerry can relate to this. Kerry always slides into my DMs like oh, it's great. Okay. <laughs> it's I don't have that many. It's like a thing. It, Although last great. night I am. Um, and last night I dreamt that I went to this like um like hot pool in Iceland. You know, they've got those, what are they called? Hot those springs. like sulfur pools. Huh? Hot springs. Yeah. And I dreamt that I was in one and I've been to one before and it was like all exactly the same. And there were loads of people in there and I climbed out and got out and then all of a sudden someone started screaming and they were like, There's penguins, there's penguins. And I was like, Oh, why is it why do we care that there's penguins? And I'm like, Because they're in mating season and they're really territorial about it. And I was like, Oh my god, and then the penguins all bobbed up with all these people in the hot spring with their beaks 
started smashing people in the head. There was blood everywhere. <laughs> I woke up and I was like, <gasps> what? That's not a sex dream. <laughs> <laughs> it was a break from the norm. It's either erotica or horror. There's no in between. Oh, okay. Okay, uh, all right. <clears throat> Linda Hodgson. Hi, which fish oil supplements would you recommend, please? Thank you. Apt question off the back of my dream. Um, honestly, I'll be just totally honest with you. The more expensive they are, the higher quality and probably quantity they're going to be. But at the same time, that being said, they are all much of a muchness. But if you can afford to go for the more expensive ones, I would. Emma? Yeah, that's what I've sort of always been told. Although I do think that then why wouldn't people just make them really expensive under the assumption that people would think there's a better, you know, and there's so much. In fact, I read a study recently about the percentage of um, active ingredient that was actually in certain supplements and how like it was like something like 70% of supplements lie. And oh, it's yeah. Not, it's not, so you, like, unfortunately, like I would just say, you probably aren't going to know which ones are the best to take. And like, I get mine from Tesco. They're definitely not the highest of quality and I'm sure that you can find higher quality, but I think it's also very like, I wouldn't just assume because they're expensive that they necessarily have more of the active ingredient or that they're higher quality. It could just be better marketing. But I think also there's, there's like, like food, there's farmed and then there's organic. And I think, probably going for organic again will likely be more expensive but will also probably be better in terms of the quality that well, you're organic, getting. You think organic food is better? No, no, no. I just think in terms of the quality that you're getting. I mean, for the, I mean, I personally, when it comes to fish oils, right, it's already an expensive supplement as it is. So I'm going to pay 60p more and feel more self-assured that this is coming from an ethically kind of more... I guess reliable source then I think I would happily do that mm. yeah like, just on an ethical level as well more than anything like I'm not for that in any way shape or form um okay anything more on the live because we've got one more on the post um someone's asking if Henry Cavill is single no he's got a girlfriend <laughs> obviously and <laughs> Yeah, no, that's about it. Okay. Liz Hankins. Hi, Chloe and Emma. I'm struggling with patience right now. I'm loving the process and mentally I feel like I'm in a good place. The scales have dropped 6kg loss since this round started. Wow. And I'm losing inches, but I have a lot to lose, like 20 to 25kg more. I'm 88.5kg today and 5 foot 7 I can't see any changes in my progress photos. I'm adhering really easily to 1,800 calories. I feel the temptation to drop calories, which I'm resisting. Can you talk me through again, sorry, why patience is important and why I shouldn't drop? I'm happy that this is 100% sustainable and seriously loving the process. But with so much to lose, I'm feeling like I'll be in fat loss forever. Thank you so much and sorry for being needy and impatient. Okay, Liz, so first of all, this is ridiculous. In seven weeks, you've dropped 6kg, which is fantastic. That means that with a goal to lose 25kg, you have already lost, what is that? Oh, my God, you've, you've already lost a, a quarter of that. Is that right? Yeah, you've already lost a quarter of what you want in seven weeks. That's incredible. This is a fast rate of loss. There is no need to drop. You're mentally adherent. You're physically responding. It is a fast rate of loss. This is not slow at all. Um, and we say this all the time. The more you have to lose, the much better and quicker results you're going to see on the scale and the slower uh, and more frustrating it's going to be in terms of your reflection because you're not really going to see when you start to get that kind of shape that you want until you drop a significant amount of body fat where somebody who comes in says a size 12 right might see like with the goal of becoming size eight might see that they are changing their shape rapidly but they've only lost a pound and a half in two months and this is the difference between your starting point and the results that you see and this is why emma and i want a vast array of data to go on from you all, but you do not need to drop. This is working for you. And I promise you when, if, if slash when we get to a point where you've been stalled for four or so weeks, we will drop you 
and we can speed up the rate of loss again. But that point is not now. It's too soon. Emma. Yeah, you're doing exceptionally well. And I wouldn't overwhelm yourself. This happens quite a lot with, oh my God, I've got 25 pounds to lose or whatever is 25 kilograms to lose. Seems so far away. Stop thinking about that. Like that's the big goal. It's a big overarching goal. Fine. It's great to have that. All that goal really does is give you a direction of which to go. You need to set smaller goals. So, okay, you've done incredibly well in this eight week block. What we're going to do at the end of this eight week block, which we do for all the grads, is a bit of a reset of goals. So what went well in the last eight weeks, what didn't go so well, what are your goals going forward? That's a good time to reset. And then you set yourself some more goals for eight weeks. So you're not like, oh my God, I've got this much. And, and it just becomes overwhelming. And you, you, you're you kind of like wishing away time until you get there. Start just enjoying the process. It'll happen when it happens. The weight loss will come off. It's already happening. You're already going in the right direction. But don't, yeah. like, this is where people fall, like, trip up. They're like, oh, well, I want faster and faster. And then, yeah, you're doing incredibly well now and you're very adherent. But as soon as you start dropping your calories and start trying to speed up the process, that's where things can go wrong. And that's yeah. why impatience is so important. And remember as well that, like, you, faster weight loss isn't necessarily better. And if you're able to maintain or build muscle mass while you're doing this and have an enjoyable life while you're doing this, you're, you're going to enjoy the results so much more and you're going to be able to maintain those results. So I think you're doing incredibly well. I wouldn't change a thing. And hopefully that's quite reassuring. And don't be afraid that you're kind of like, oh, sorry that I'm needy. Like, not at all. That's why we're here. We're here to yeah. reassure you. On At times like this, the difference between having a coach and not having a coach is that right now you'd probably drop your calories. And then the yeah. next week you'd be like, mm, may as well drop them a little bit more. And then before you know it, you're trying to stick to ridiculously low calories you're feeding yourself stories about how you can't lose weight anymore because you're on really low calories and you're not seeing any results when really you're on really low calories. You now can't adhere to them and that's why you're not seeing results. And then you kind of get in this horrible cycle and mindset of I need to drop my calories lower and lower. But at the moment you're doing exceptionally well so just keep doing what you're doing. You're seeing results and actually pretty freaking awesome and fast results in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. And I would even say like, at your weight and your height with the amount that you've got to lose, you're already on quite low calories for what you could be losing on. You could probably be even higher and still losing. So the fact that you're on 1800 now, I would say for you is, is quite a significant deficit. Um, you know, so I absolutely wouldn't make it more significant. Yeah. Uh, that, that's the other thing as well. Like don't compare your calories to someone else's and, you know, an X amount of calories isn't, a lot or a little calories like we might sometimes say that but it's comparative to the person so 1500 calories for one person could be a great deficit for someone else that might be a massive deficit depends how many how much you're moving this is the, also the problem with you know those posts that are like this is what I eat in a day or like mm -hmm. the, or even just like if I put up a picture of me and I'm like I eat 3000 calories and someone else is like, oh God, how does she eat that much? Because I freaking yeah. move that much. Like I don't eat 3000 calories because I don't move that much. But there's no like, I think there's this idea yeah. that there's something crazy going on with people's metabolisms or you can reverse diet up to X amount or you can do these things and then that's how you can eat 3000 calories and look like that. The reason someone can eat 3000 calories and look like that and, and if they're not putting on weight is because they expend 3000 calories a day because that is their maintenance calories. So you don't know what people are doing and it's it's so unhelpful and unuseful to look at a celebrity or an influencer or, or a personal trainer's food diary and for them to put up, this is what I eat during the day. One, they won't even like the same foods as you. And two, you don't know what they're doing during the day. You don't know how much energy they're expending and their energy needs are completely different to your energy needs. So please don't compare yourself and, and don't like if you're seeing those posts, don't think, oh, I'll just start eating what they're eating. It's so irrelevant to you and your needs. That's why we don't do it. That's why we don't give you set meal plans because it's individual and you need to figure out how that's going to work for you. And that's why like calorie targets are useful, but they're, they're adjusted to everyone depending on their needs. Yeah, I agree. I don't think anyone should ever be copying numbers ever. Like this is not, it's going to be different for every single one of you, as Emma said, for so many reasons, so many reasons, but you know, predominantly your expenditure. I do like the post though. Like I find it quite helpful when someone is fresh out the gate into dieting and they're really overwhelmed and they're like, how the fuck 
am I meant to stick to these numbers and feel satiated and make sure that I'm eating quote unquote healthy foods and fueling my body and recovering and like how how the like so completely overwhelmed that's when I'm like okay look here are some example meals that people could eat throughout the course of the day breakfast whether it be you know cereal and protein shakes get it in at breakfast if you like sweet to greek yogurt and fruit if you want to go really healthy to you know a, a, a big omelet like whatever giving people ideas like that is really helpful for complete beginners but if you have any inkling of how to track or quote unquote eat healthy um then you don't need it you can figure it out on your own and at, like i say full circle back to the first point that doesn't mean that i think it's helpful when people share their own like diet targets in terms of their numbers because it's not the same oh, wow it's not Sorry. the same for everyone a sneeze or a cough <laughs> it was a cough <laughs> it sounded weird yeah. Um, um yeah i i agree like example meal plans are really useful just giving someone calories if they have no idea what that looks like in terms of actual food is so unhelpful so unhelpful. yeah you you need that but I just like, I don't like the notion of like, oh, this is what I eat. So even if you're not saying this is what I eat, so this is what you should eat, that's what people sort of insinuate or that's what they think. Like, oh, if I want to look like that and that's what they eat, then I should eat that. And it's like, no, they're a personal trainer. They train twice a day. They walk yeah. to the gym. They expend probably double the energy that you expend. What they eat is basically irrelevant to you because they're in yeah. such a different position. No, I agree. But I just think, yeah, like everybody, this is, and I say this as well to my one-to-one -one clients all the time, like these are your numbers. I need you to go away and create your own meal plan in these numbers. Breakfast, lunch, dinner that you love, and here are your non-negotiables. And a lot of the time people will be like, wow, I'm so in over my head, help. And that's fine. But yeah, like be very careful. Also, there's a lot of, um, oh, I kind of felt like we were starting to really come away from all the shit on social media from like very prevalent people in our industry talking shit. But recently I've seen some really god awful posts about things. And um, yeah, I don't we, even know what advice to give. Do we want to touch on it a little bit? No. <laughs> I Because I just think it's, I mean, I'm obviously going to do. Do we want to touch on it? No. Okay, so... Basically, what I'm going to... No. Um, I think... So, what I'm going to talk about is the notion of you can damage your metabolism or starvation mode can happen if you drop your calories too low. And the, one of the reasons that this myth stays around is because the story behind it totally works. So, essentially, you're like, do you ever feel like you can't lose any weight despite being on really low calories? Like despite sticking to a thousand calories, are you not losing weight? And everyone's like, yeah, that's me. Like that is me. And then when someone says, okay, well, what's happened is your metabolism has dropped to an extent that that's no longer a deficit for you. That, by the way, that's literally impossible to happen. Not true. Not, not, not true. true. But then you're like, okay, so that makes sense. And also it kind of fits with my own bias of not wanting to accept that actually I've quite clearly not been sticking to that lower calorie target. And then when someone says, and here's the solution, you need to increase your calories. Then you're likely to follow that and that's going to ramp up your metabolism and that's why you're getting results. Now, the reason that I don't absolutely hate these posts is because the underlying message is correct. You need yeah. to increase your calories. And actually, one of the reasons that this sort of sticks around is because people get results from doing it but it's not for the reasons that they think so they think that they're reverse dieting to increase their metabolism and it worked for them and now they're able to eat more calories and lose weight really what simply happened is you've increased their calories so now they can adhere to their diet now they can maintain a deficit over time and now they've lost weight and I think understanding that is actually quite important and because otherwise you're thinking, well, energy balance is pretty mad. Like, turns out my metabolism can just, you know, ramp up and down and you get this kind of fear of I've permanently damaged my metabolism and that, that isn't what happens. And, you know, you, you will be on a deficit if you're only eating a, a thousand calories a day anybody anybody would be and and we do touch on this in the broadcast episode that we're talking about it's not reflective of calories it's reflective of overall changes in mass over time and again like we say it's not going to be any more permanent than 130 calories which again nobody is going is adapting to a thousand calories nobody if you're adhering to it which most people aren't 
Yeah, which is and and absolutely normal not to adhere to that, but it's just that understanding of the reason that increasing your calories works is an adherence thing, not a crazy metabolism thing. Although, yeah. and and this is one other thing. Yeah, there's a slight um, adaptation, but the other thing that is significant, and if you're not like tracking your steps, this can be hugely significant. Is that when they look at people who have di- previously dieted and uh let, let's say they're weight matched so you've got one person who's dieted down to 60 kilograms and one person who's always been 60 kilograms what you notice is not only is there a slight adaptive thermogenesis which is what chloe's talking about which is about the 100 to 150 calories max but there's also a huge reduction in activity energy expenditure so how much they habitually move i.e their neat their non-exercise activity thermogenesis if you're keeping a track of your steps, it's probably n- not something to worry too much about. But if you're not, you you will likely subconsciously move less during the day. And when you add the adaptive thermogenesis and the reduced activity expenditure together, it can be as much as 500 calories. So that yeah. can be your whole, like what you think is a deficit. So if you're only tracking, this is why we like you to track steps because if you're only tracking your energy intake, and you're not looking at your energy expenditure at all, you don't know what's happening there. And the human body's pretty clever. And usually when you change one side of the energy balance equation, the other side of the energy balance equation changes as well. And that's why it's so important to look at both of these elements. Yeah, exactly. This is, so again, we talk about this in in the podcast and I think I touched on it in the last EC Method podcast potentially. There's, there's this new wave now of people are confusing starvation mode, which isn't a thing look back at history people did did do still starve to death all the time it's not a fucking thing it's not accurate let it go they're taking starvation mode and metabolic adaptation which is a thing which is what emmy's talking about and i'm talking about real your expenditure trying to match your intake by dropping as low as it possibly can to make this your new maintenance and this is literally about your expenditure which is exactly what emmy said why we have you hitting certain step counts and weekly minimum workouts even though that's not really you know whatever but anyway it's why we have minimums in terms of your expenditure the same way that we do in terms of your calories and your macros right that is metabolic adaptation and that does happen but it's absolutely in your control if you have coaches who know what they're doing people are taking metabolic adaptation and starvation mode and they're making this weird completely misinformed completely inaccurate baby and it is spreading like wildfire and it, it, it's not accurate and i would just I, I wouldn't even know what to advise because I, you know but i just would say like be very careful with the information that you're taking on via social media because i'm getting shit ton of dms find to clear it up because like i think emma and i both feel like it's kind of our responsibility given what we do but um it's frustrating yeah and i mean obviously if you're listening to this or you're on the ec method you can just ask us questions and be like oh i've heard this is this the case kind of like what what we did about the running one today about like oh is cardio actually making me put on weight no it's a ridiculous notion like it's such an unhelpful message to give and it's also yeah. unhelpful to fear monger people about like, oh, if you drop your calories too low, you're going to damage your metabolism. That isn't what happens. And it's actually not even about low calories. It's about how much weight you have lost, the total weight you've lost. And yeah. actually some of those, <laughs> the argument's essentially the same between the the cardio thing and the, the yeah. weight loss thing. It's becoming more efficient. That's yeah. what's happening. All right. Okay. Yeah. I think we've ranted enough for today. Yeah, I tried not, I don't want to run. I just, yeah. I just thought, you know, it's like the bro science thing as well. It was like the, with the bro science kind of, I guess, uh, I guess days of old, It the problem was completely fucked. Like it just didn't make any sense. It wasn't steeped in evidence. It was, it was just folklore. The solution typically was right. Like swapping out beef for fish will get you leaner. Not because it thins the skin, because it's lower calorie. Yeah. Like, and, and it's the same thing. It's like the solution is, and again, like a good thing. Everybody increase your calories. Great. But the problem behind it, the understanding behind it is completely misguided. And while the solution is what we want to be the message, definitely. Understanding is plays a pivotal role in your kind of longevity of being able to do this and understanding how your body works. So yeah, I, and I think it's an it's a nicer thing to believe almost. Like people don't like to accept that they're not being adherent. 
Yeah. It's like, it, there's almost like a barrier there. If they get up and go for a walk. Yeah, or like if someone's like, you know, oh, I'm definitely sticking to a thousand calories. Like, there's no shame in saying I'm not sticking to that. Like, we can stick to it. But I think there is this whole like, oh, no, I'm definitely doing that. And, I'm, and it's like, you're not. But it's harder to accept that. It's easier to be like, oh, yeah, it's my metabolism. <laughs> it's broken. Yeah. I'm broken. There's nothing I can do. Pass me the cake. <laughs> um all right guys we will see you again on monday and that's our last week next week isn't it yeah yeah everybody it's the sign up link up in the group yes yeah everybody re-sign up if you are down for another round yes and then anyone listening on the podcast you will be able to sign up next week as well be on the website and you'll be emailed if you're on the waiting list fab all right bye guys have a great weekend bye